There's an adage that remains true. You got to list to last. Anybody who's watching this episode today knows the marketplace in real estate everywhere has shifted. It's adjusted and it's always adjusting. But if you were selling a house a year or two ago, it was arguably easier. And so a lot of agents are struggling. Oh, it's harder. I've, I'm experiencing a diminishing return whereby I have to do more work to get the same result. And the answer is, yeah, that's true. Because comparing today's marketplace to yesterday's marketplace is like comparing gas mileage on a car driving up a mountain versus a car driving on a flat, flat road. It's a different kind of marketplace that requires a different attitude and a different skill set. What's more, we're seeing candidly some cr not crazy news, but news that could have a strong impact in terms of the future of an agent's business if they're buyer dependent. We saw the class action lawsuit is taking steps forward against NAR and some other brokerages. And so that can mean a lot of change, but there's an adage that remains true. You got a list to last. That's always been the case in real estate. Whoever controls the inventory is the one who's crushing it in the marketplace. So today's conversation is all about hacks and strategies and positioning techniques to attract listings. Whether you're a new agent, an experienced agent, this is all about getting more listings. So welcome to This Week in Marketing. My name is Jason Pantana. I'm your host. And as always, I am stoked that you're here today learning the strategies to put yourself forward in your business. Uh, if you're new to the channel, make sure to tap that big red subscribe button. And there's a little bell right next to it that you can just click it to turn on notifications so you get alerted whenever we publish videos just like this one. In today's conversation, you're in for a real treat because I am joined by two of our fabulous coaches, Jeff Bannon and Christy Jinks, and we're gonna have a total brainstorm brain dump on listing attraction strategies for you to rip off and duplicate and put in place in your business. So first and foremost, Christy, Jeff, thank you so much for jumping on the episode today. Uh, for the viewers who are watching, Give them a quick little context about you as a coach and you as a professional in real estate. Christy, we'll start with you. Absolutely. So Christy Jenks, based out of the Southeast Valley of the Phoenix metro area, uh, mom of eight kids. And I also have a team there. Been coaching for Tom for a little over five years. Yes. And you are, for those, this is your first podcast with us, correct? Absolutely, yes. Okay. Christy is one of the most marketing savvy, but operationally focused marketers I've ever met. So I'm really excited to hear your point of view with that, not artist, but operator perspective from a marketing standpoint, again, to position and win listings. Thanks for being on. Jeff, is this your first time on the podcast? It's my first too? time on the podcast. All right. All right. So lean into the mic so they can hear real good. I'll get a little closer. Yeah. Should I talk fast like you too? No, no. I mean, I just, we just, yeah, we've been, we've been brainstorming all day for those watching. So we're like fired up right there's now. There's been nitro, diet Coke, electrolytes. There's been electrolytes. <laughs> there's been everything, everything a coach needs to keep their brain moving full cylinder. So yes, you should talk really, really fast. Really, really fast. Just like you. All right. Really, anyway, really, really so fast. I'm from Southeastern Pennsylvania, uh, just outside of Philadelphia, King of Prussia area. And uh, been coaching with Tom for three years. That in the last year has become more of my focus in sales and have a lot of folks in my, uh, who I coach who are very um, social uh, savvy or social heavy, but then also find helping them, especially in this time, yep. go from just social to social and back to some of the fundamentals. Well, and I think that's critical because the market has adjusted, right? And Buyer demand is down, for instance. And so something we've been working on with our coaching clients from a social standpoint, to your point, is you gotta be more intentional in sparking the dialogue. Yeah. The idea of content, content should create conversations. That's conversations right. should create appointments. Those conversations are not as free flowing as they once were. So having more embedded cues and calls to action and positioning in your content 
for how you can take care of somebody's real estate needs, ideally selling real estate needs, is critical right now. So let's kick it off with this opening question. Let's imagine you're talking to a newish agent or a solo operator agent who wants to control their marketplace and they want to grow in their business. What should they be doing to position for listings? Let's get as many ideas on the table as possible. Who wants that one first? I'll, I'll take it. So, right. you know, this is something we see every single day. People are still getting licensed. They haven't totally caught on to the fact that there are going to be fewer sales this year. And so they're still getting licensed, they're coming in, and they want to have that instantaneous success that they've seen several other people have over the past you know couple years. They don't have any listings. So the first place I always go is let's look at that core four, right? Those those four lead pillars. The easiest one for them to get into is open houses. The cost to get in, super low. You're gonna have to hustle a little bit to find someone to let you hold their house open. But once you're in, there's so much you can do with that open house because now you've opened yourself to circle prospecting, you've opened yourself to door knocking, you've opened yourself. Just the other day, sitting down with an agent, she came to me and she said, you know, well, coach, I did this, nobody came to the open house. So I said, okay, you know what, you've got, you're doing that open house tomorrow, right? She said, yeah. I said, here's the thing. You're gonna sit down and while no one's at your open house, you're just gonna start doing CMAs, five doors to the left, five doors to the right. Smart. Right on your laptop. And then if nobody comes up, I want you to go knock on the door and say, hey, you know, I'm sitting in this house over here and there was nobody came in and I had some time, so I thought I'd just give you a gift. I ended up doing an equity review of your home. I've got it here on my phone. I can send that to you via text or email. What would be the best way for me to get that to you? <laughs> That's right? like, savvy. No excuses. There's so much you can do around an open house. All right, so let's, I wanna zoom out for a second. Let's go back for those who are not familiar with our core four language in our coaching ecosystem. What are the core four lead sources? So you've got online leads, you've got a geographic farm, you've got your database, but if you're brand new, you don't have past clients. We can expand on- what You have you a sphere do. of influence. Yes. Um, and then of course you've got open houses. Okay, and then so I, I love your open houses strategy. Tom has long said the fastest way to a sale is an open house. I think many folks talk about, okay, the goal of an open house is one qualified buyer, to which I would say, mm, that's a goal. There are other opportunities. And there's the old adage that, look, when somebody lists their house, two or three more pop up around it. Absolutely. And so I wanna keep talking about, uh, I wanna talk about two things. One, how do you get open houses if you don't have any? And then I loved your idea about, hey, even if it's not busy, go door knock the neighbors. What if it is busy? Does that change your approach or do you still instruct or coach your agents to be prepared for those CMAs for the five doors to the left and right? Absolutely. So if the, I mean, ideally the open house is busy. Ideally you followed some, you know, Will Draper or Jeff Bannon type of SOP. So, I mean, we will go operational here for a minute. If you're going to be doing open houses, you should have an open house process from the moment that you decide you're doing an open house, all of the marketing, of course, that you're going to do, but all of that sweat equity. So the reason yeah. that we're choosing open house is because there's a ton of sweat equity built into it. And let's also face it. You're brand new. You don't have appointments. Mm. So what are you going to go do? You're going to go find those appointments. So there should be an element. Now, I realize not everybody can door knock. So if door knocking is not available to you, what can you do? Right? Circle There's, prospecting exactly. you mentioned. Exactly. So now you get with your title company, you get a little bit more data centric. So I am a fan of rather than just like pulling, although I do love Jason Ferris, you know, 200 numbers, Yeah. yeah. right? You know, at the beginning, I love to get a little bit more dialed in and let's get someone with a high sell score and then I can circle prospect around that. Okay, so there's I love it. always the circle prospecting. And then let's not forget that if you are brand new, you do have some sort of a social network and, and 
it's fear in general. Of course. How can we tap into that to let them know that you're going to be doing the open house? I want to come back to that in a moment, but I just want to double down on your tactic of run the CMAs or you know what? If you expect it to be busy, do the CMAs before the open house to the left, to the right, five doors. That is a straight up listing attraction strategy right there. As far as getting open houses go, uh, you made the comment before that some folks, if they're new to the business, for instance, they may not have listings. And so getting an open house can be difficult. I've got a couple up my sleeve, but I'm curious, do you have any hacks for getting open houses? Well, I'm not a lawyer. <laughs> so I will say, you know, it, it depends on your broker. Sometimes your broker will allow you to host open houses for other brokerages. Sometimes that's a big no, right? So figure out what you can do. But I always like to go to small independent brokers mm -hmm. because they don't have the manpower. Yep. Um, I also like to go to someone who has a listing that's not in my area because they're not driving into my, my area. That was, oh, that was my hack. I stole hack. your thunder. I stole <laughs> your thunder. Um, it takes a lot of calls, so you need to get really good. I have seven active listings right now. I have text messages coming in from agents all over the valley asking to hold my houses open. So there is this element, you can't be afraid. You need to say, hey, Jason, I would love to be your open house partner. You know, I'm not sure if it's for you, but, but I am open this yeah. weekend. <laughs> And I'd love to do that. So it takes a lot of ask, get a really good script. And then again, the process person in me is have a process. When I ask you to do your open house, I'm saying, hey, Jason, I would love to be able to help you find a buyer for this home. Not only am I going to market this property and I will, you know, happy to send you everything that I'm doing so you can share it with your seller. I will also get meticulous feedback and I promise to give it to you within like three hours of closing the open house. Yeah, those are those are all great bits of advice. A lot of agents may be listening and saying, that sounds like a lot of work. Of course it is. It is anything you choose to do, should you do it to the fullest degree possible, is going to be a lot of work. Notwithstanding, open houses are, generally speaking, for the newer agent, the fastest way to a sale. Why? Because here's a thing that's for sale that people who are thinking about buying or maybe selling nearby walk in to check out. That's about as close to a legitimate opportunity as you can get. Uh, before we come back to your sphere of influence, I wanna jump over to Jeff. Jeff, I repeat the question. Let's say we're talking to a newish agent who is a solo operator who's looking to position to get listings. Where should they start? Well, there's, I wanna answer that, but before I do that, I love all the open house conversation. There's a few other things that can be piggybacked on top of that. I always think, and I try to get my coaching clients to think, what else can I do mm -hmm. with this moment in front of me? So with open houses, you talked about the CMA to the left and to the right. I'm thinking Facebook event. Not, all right. for, yeah. for folks who might not be looking for an open house, but all of a sudden now your name starts to pop up. Just another opportunity. And then you can DM all your friends that Facebook event. Hey, come see me at this open house. They don't know mm -hmm. that it's not your listing, but now it's an opportunity to communicate with your sphere of influence, one of your other core four. And so these are fun. And then as you're reaching out to these other agents saying, I'm going to mark this property. Well, if you have a standard operating procedure around marketing, if you can go preview the house three or four days ahead of time, you can get some video, you can share it, you can share with the world, we're gonna do this open house. I've got some of my coaching clients who are very dialed in with a very strategic marketing plan that the agent on the other side, especially if they're an agent who sees no value in an open house or doesn't yeah. really care, will start to call you and say, hey, will you host open houses for me? So now instead <laughs> of you chasing open houses, they're chasing you. And you can do this before you've ever sold a home, which is, I think, the best part. If you have an iPhone, you can bring service and value because you have time. Some of these agents who have, like you, maybe seven homes listed, may not have the same capacity to do that. 
So those are just a couple of many ways you can get creative around that. Well, and it reminds me, so we've interviewed him on the show before. Dave Archuleta talked about events, but open houses are a mega pillar for his business. Uh, within three years, he became the number one agent in his entire community. I mean, his success curve was very steep. It was, it was awesome. But one of the ways you can't just do one though Jason no Mike. he does like over and thing. over like, and over he does six to eight a weekend yeah, exactly so let that ring into everybody who's listening we're not talking about doing one open house a month we're not talking about doing one open house a week like you have an open house strategy that's three to four open houses i'll also say be curious because some of the most interesting open houses are only two hours long and they're during high traffic time yeah. So. Now, I want to put a public service announcement. You may not start being able to get that many open houses. It may take a ramp up period, but this is like what you said. You're not going to roll out of bed one day and just be the king or queen of open houses. It's going to be something you build to. But I think about Dave Archuleta, he's doing six to eight per weekend. Mm -hmm. And do you know what the tactic that is arguably the most effective part of his open house strategy is? You're not going to guess it. So he puts out directional signs mm -hmm. okay. all over the neighborhood all weekend those little pointer directional signs. And whenever cars go by, even if he has no idea who they are, he just big waves and smiles, and waves and smiles. And he's become incredibly known because he's so concentrated in an area, yeah. open house, open house, open house. And he hears this over and over again at listing appointments. We see you out there every weekend, busting it, hustling. And we want to work with an agent who's prepared to do that level of work for us. Well, keep in mind, a lot of people who are thinking about selling a home are already frustrated with agents because they think they get paid too much mm -hmm. for not doing enough work. And as soon as they see you out doing the work, mm -hmm. all of a sudden they're going to think, that's the kind of agent I want to work with. I coach uh, Marcy McCullen, who is in uh, the Philly area, not too far from me, a town or a, a subdivision with 33 homes. In her first two and a half years, she sold five of them. Mm. And it's because she did open house, video, and door knock the neighborhood. And by the time she'd done the third one, all the neighbors, when they found out a listing was coming, they said, have you called Marcy yet? That's so good. And your point earlier, we passed over it too quickly. The Facebook event, the video, the email, all the collateral and marketing that positions you to your sphere of influence, to the neighbors, to all your database contacts, that you're the agent hustling. Too many agents say that open house was a dud. Mm -hmm. And they're only measuring it by the foot traffic. Yep. That's not a fair gauge of the real impact in terms of positioning yourself as the listing agent of choice. All right, so we covered open houses. Did you have another one yeah, you wanted so, to touch on? Uh, video, I mean, this this little device in our hands, what, this? pocket, is unbelievable. And uh, if you are a new agent and you don't currently have listings, you probably have time. And go preview homes. I've known agents, I've coached a few agents who have gone and previewed homes. And going back to Make sure that you're in compliance. Yeah, get consent from the listing agent, follow the rules. But what I will say is I've either rarely or never had somebody get pushback from a, another agent who has a listing saying, no, you can't market my home. And I've practiced it personally. And hey, do you mind if I share this on my social? No, by all means. Do you mind if I go in and get content? By all means. You're going to get by all means frequently because it helps them do their job, which is sell the house. And you show up every single day. All it takes is one per day. Another day, another door. You seven okay. different rooms in so, the same home. Okay, let's break this down okay. because there's so much. There's so much opportunity here. All right, so you've got your phone. I'm assuming you have like one of those little selfie stabilizer gimbals, Sometimes. something like that. Yes, yeah. With you, you get the consent from the listing agent to create some video of the property, and maybe the video is something to the effect of what does eight hundred thousand get you in X neighborhood? Something yep. along those lines, right? Yep. 
So you run around the video, and then do you give the consent to the listing agent maybe in the caption? What does that look like? Yeah, so it depends. And sometimes I'm not giving a lot of detail about the particular listing. I just say, in this town, let me know if you want more information. Other times I will give very specific and give love to the agent, uh, kind of depending on what the agreement has been. But you gotta, you get to decide that. And again, in collaboration with the person on the other side. But like you said, a video, yeah. well, it looks like you got questions. But. Well, I was gonna say, so if you're doing that once a week, twice a week, three times a week, all the folks who are following you, what do they start to pick up about you? Oh, it's really funny because uh, I was speaking to a guy, Jesus, going back 2018. That's so long ago. A oh, long time ago, <laughs> so long ago. Uh, and an agent who I talked to, he said, I hadn't sold a home and I started doing this. And then I would take a photo in each different room and I say zoom in and zoom out. So there's details, so zoom in and then zoom out, show the whole room. And the quality on your phone is gonna be pretty solid. People will start thinking you're so busy. And no, I went to one house one day a week and then I shared every single day and the phone started ringing. It said, do you have time to help me sell my house? Mm. Find and buy a house. Mm. The next year he sold 54. There is absolute truth to that. And there's a few reasons for it. One is social proof. There's this idea that, and I wanna get back to sphere of influence in a moment with you because you brought it up earlier. I know a lot of agents got their licenses and thought, I'm gonna crush it in the very beginning because I have all these personal contacts and then all those contacts, they like scattered and disappeared and they didn't wanna be proximate to you, you because exactly, they, don't, they didn't trust you. They didn't wanna be the guinea pig, so to speak. But then all of a sudden, success leaves clues. They start seeing yeah. videos on social and they start saying, oh wow, you're really, you're really doing something special out there. Huh, they worked with you? Maybe I should work with you. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you, I call it the success curve, where in the beginning it's, you know, it's nothing, but then eventually you reach a point of success and then attraction follows the downward slope of that bell curve because eventually folks wanna work with you and a huge driver of it is proof of success in these videos of simply touring properties, giving the proper consent, following the rules, but it shows that you're busy in the marketplace and that activity begets more activity. You uh, mentioned that the, if we're still talking about the new agent, tell what, sure. you, tell what you learned. Mm. Every week, there's something that you're learning. Share what you learned. Six months from now, people who have been paying attention on your social channels are gonna think, you know everything. Six months in. Let's talk about that for a moment. And I wanna give you the backstory and I wanna get, get both your input and then we'll jump to sphere. I had a conversation with a gentleman recently who was abstaining from producing videos on social media whereby he would have been positioning himself as a knowledge broker. We talk about that all mm -hmm. the time here, a knowledge broker. Um, I've said it on the show many times. What do you ultimately sell as an agent? What is it that consumers are buying from you? They're buying your expertise yep. and the way you impart it. That's, that's being the transaction broker, right? And his reason for abstaining was because he felt like he was an imposter. He was too new. What did he know? And I raised the question. I said, the smartest people you know, the ones who are the thought leaders in their respective subjects, do you suspect they believe themselves to be thought leaders? Or would they view themselves as the person who got stumped more than anybody else and chased down the answer over and over and over again to the point where everybody else thought they knew it all? Yep. How would you address an agent who maybe feels because they're new, they don't deserve to be making videos right now? I don't think it's a deserving. I think it's a, even when I say, talk about what you're learning, you're getting questions asked of you so if you don't know the answer, you're gonna go find the answer, just what you said, yeah. stumped. So once I find the answer, because you've got a broker or a teammate or a friend in the business, you're gonna go get these answers and say, 
hey, I just had this question and here's the response we gave. That is that right there. If you, we were talking about this in the coaches meeting we're doing today. We were talking about grit and the need for grit in your yeah. business. But oh, yeah. what comes before grit? Humility comes before grit. You gotta be humble and recognize, I know what I know and I don't know what I don't know, but I know what I want. And I prepare to do whatever it takes to get that result. And that may be, I'm gonna figure it out. If, if folks have a question, I'm gonna be the person who answers it. And you're gonna build up your body of knowledge and very, very soon, you will be the definitive knowledge broker in your marketplace. Yep. Let's talk more about sphere of influence in terms of positioning to get listings. Christy. <laughs> um, I will say also don't forget new construction. So if you Absolutely. can't get in new mm. construction, they'll, I mean, they'll let you all day. Those model homes are perfect for that. And it's a really easy way to also build your knowledge base and show just that hyper local. Sure. Um, when it comes to your sphere of influence, right? So you're brand new. You don't have uh, you don't have all these past clients, right? And and you had this illusion that I was going to get my license and everybody was going to trust me to sell their home because I'm their best friend, right? When the fact is, is you know, my friend who had a million dollar home, she's like, Christy, you've never done this before. I'm like, yeah, but you love me and I'm really good. And she's like, yeah, we're calling our other person, huh. and and that really hurts. So immediately, I would say your confidence increases as your understanding of the market intelligence increases. Mm. So you need to study the market. There are just four numbers I look at every day, and then I take those numbers, so they are the total number of active listings, and I track this every single day. I just drop it into a little Google Sheet that then has a, a nice little graph that I can sure. look at. So I'm looking at the total number of active listings. Yep. I'm looking at the total number of homes pending in mm -hmm. whatever form they're pending, and then I'm looking at the number of closed listings in the past 30 days. Yep. Closed listings divided by active gives me my month supply of inventory. With that, and you can do this over the course of a month, you'll have you'll start to get some data points. And then when I'm having these conversations and catching up, right? Because now you're gonna go and you're gonna build a list. Just mm -hmm. Google the ABC memory jogger, right? Yep. And yep. That, I don't even that might be on Tom's website, but the it, memory it is. Jogger, it's a resource somewhere. It's a great place to start because it's gonna start to help you think, well, who's my hairdresser and, and who does this and who and who does that? Just start. All right, so I want to give some, so the memory jogger is a worksheet document that helps you think who is in my sphere of influence contacts. Yep. And it's over a hundred points of inquiry of hairdressers, dog trainers, uh, dog trainers anybody. It, it is so random and granular, but it is through a tool like that where you would then formulate my entire list of my sphere of influence contacts. And then once I have that list, continue please. Yeah, from there, you start to build some strategy around it, right? Mm -hmm. Like how close are they to you? How far back, like how, how warm, how cold? Yep. And I do think that your strategy depends. You do not wanna be that person that slides into the DMs and is like, hey girl, right? Like. If you You're right, I don't. You definitely don't, don't want to do it. If you haven't been solicited by a past high school friend to buy something through direct, right? Like it's it's pretty well known on social and you, you don't want to come off that way. So you want to start building relationships using your market intelligence. So this, when, when that conversation, I always go to Ford, right? Yep. Family, occupation, recreation, recreation, and dreams. It's such an easy way to start conversations. Your, your goal is not to just tell them all about real estate, but they're going to ask you, so what have you been up to? And you can say, well, oh my gosh, I toured the most amazing home this week for a client. They're moving from California. And you know, it's really crazy because our inventory just dropped below a two month supply of inventory. Well, what does that mean? Tell me more about exactly. that. Exactly. So now I'm using market intelligence. And then of course, just like you would never leave the dentist without setting your next appointment, I'm gonna say, well, you know, it's been such a long time, Jason, since we've like, when, 
when would be a good time for us to just get together for lunch, right? Right. And of course, then I'm going to slide into your DMs. It's like, it was so great to see you at the grocery store, whatever it was, right? And tapping into the power of social, right? That frequency and the familiarity. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go back into my CRM and I'm going to say, Jason Pantana, right? Nashville, Tennessee. And then I'm like, oh crap, I don't have his phone number. Hey, Jason, as we get together for lunch, what's the best phone number for me to text you at? Yep, that's so good. And I get your phone number, right? And then I have a reason when we are at lunch or at our coffee meeting or whatever we're doing, I'm also gonna collect your email address. So now I'm actually building a solid database. So in the beginning, your entire goal is just to get a complete body of work with a person. I'm Mm -hmm. building a profile, he has children, this is where he lives, this is his hobbies, this is what he does. And I'm gathering, it's like you're kind of creepy because you're asking a lot of great questions. But I also want to see this arc of what's going on in their life and how can I be of service and how can I be of help. So in the beginning, your appointments are really just data collection and you're dropping in your competence of the market. There's some stacking of goodness that's happening, almost how this whole conversation's happened. As you do what you just described through the DM because you just had this cool conversation wherever it was that you bumped into the person, the algorithm uh-huh. that we all talk about starts to think, oh, they're friends. They're really friends. We, should show, we should show more of Christy's stuff to said friend. Uh-huh. And she's doing an open house this weekend. And oh. she's touring another house. And oh my gosh, she's really she's busy. Li- she's really busy. So Bingo. All right, so I wanna go back to the premise of this conversation. You're a, you're a new agent, you're a solo agent, newish, I should say, sure. and you're looking to position to get listings. The two of you have so well defined what it means to position. I would argue a lot of agents struggle with the mindset of, ah, where's my next deal gonna come from? Deal, 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 deal. And there's this, because they need to get paid, they need to close a sale, yeah. there can be this sense of, I can only see it if it's in the red zone, so to speak. Yeah. But if it's somewhere further back on the field, I can't see the opportunity ever being a touchdown play for myself. But what you both define through open houses, through video property tours, through your strategic conversations in the DMs with folks, you are creating, and excuse me, and also the market intelligence, yeah. the ability to understand what's happening in the market, that is 101, 201, 301, 401 positioning yourself. So it's it's a few things. Yeah. It's knowing the market, communicating what you know about the market, and showing yourself as active in the marketplace that precipitates conversations that have the ability to go straight into that end zone conversation of either referral business or listing opportunities. I want to. I'm building it up, right? So there's this idea, you know, if you, I'm not going to do it as well as Tom, but you know how Tom, he's talking and he's like, hey, nice to meet you. Sex, right? Like sometimes we. <laughs> he's do never said that, that to me. <laughs> You've anyway. seen it in a seminar. He does it, right? But there's this. We want it. We want it to go too far, and mm-hmm. we need to build it up. So as we had that engagement, yeah. would it make sense that when I call you up again, you know, I just happen to be writing an offer for someone in your neighborhood? Mm. Would it be helpful if I ran the numbers on your home? Now I've got some credibility because we've had some market intelligence so that I I bring up the market intelligence because it bleeds into every aspect of a new agent. If you have knowledge and you can see how that information, if presented to the right people, could change their lives, you really can't help but share it, can you? And you get to this point where you're saying, how can I serve you? Mm -hmm. As opposed to where's the next deal coming from? And uh, now they're looking at you with gratitude as opposed to you're trying to get something from me or you're just trying to, uh, you're looking at me like a commission. And nothing that's being described here is, 
either active or passive. It's a combination of passive and active. You're positioning, you're offering value, you're serving. You're not afraid to ask. In fact, you're compelled to ask because by not asking, you're not serving. Yep. That's the right way to position from a marketing standpoint. Let's go one layer deeper before the conversation wraps up. I'd like to know, and this is not only reserved for the new agent. This is anybody and everybody who's in real estate and they want to position and market to get more listings. What are the top online strategies, the coolest hacks, whatever you've seen out there to position to get listings? What's happening in the marketplace with agents to get listings? Who wants first crack at it? Well, if I... You got it. One it's of my, yours, buddy. One of my favorites, and I've been preaching this since I've been having a platform to preach it from. If you're not doing listing videos, now this is more helpful if you have listings. Sure. But even if you're doing but this goes houses, to anybody, anybody. Yeah. Um, we, we would be remiss if we did not acknowledge using listings to get listings if, is an absolute must. If you're not doing listing videos, you are missing out, even when the homes didn't need them to sell. Yeah. Because at that point in time, it's about your opportunity to have your face out and showcasing what you're doing. We've got a few coaching, well, quite a few coaching clients who have gotten to the point where their phone just rings and it's not, will you come talk about listing my home? It's when, you, you. when you come list my home, I've got an idea for the video. Mm. <laughs> when you get to that point, you're in pretty good shape. But here's the other side of it too. Mm. How much value are you adding? Yeah, I still remember a referral call that I got when I was still in active production, I'm still selling some, but mostly coaching. But when I was still very active in production, hey, we got referred referred to you, and but do you cut your commission? And I said, I don't, but I think you should still invite me in for the opportunity and we'll sit down. Went through our presentation and I flipped open Facebook and slid my phone across the table and showed them the video that had 5,000 organic views. And I said, this is why I don't cut my commission because it cost me money to do this. I have built this. Mm -hmm. And you will win. And we set a record comp in the neighborhood for their home and they made more money than had I, you know, some cut rate commission had, would probably have gotten them. Sure. That's, that's, that's beautiful. Okay. So listing videos. Mine's different. Uh, I'm going to get to it. So I agree listing videos and this is different than behind the scenes property tours, but how? Well, so the listing videos, there's a number of different things you can do with them. So if you are in a state that allows for coming soon, you can capture information mm -hmm. by pushing it out on Facebook to various different places on Facebook. I don't even pay for ads. Mm. So I'm like the, the non paid for simple social guy. Yep. Send it out, kicks back to the CRM. All yep. of a sudden I'm capturing new people who are either interested in that home, possible buyers, but we know that buyers turn into sellers a lot of times. A lot, and statistically. It, yeah, and so also other people in the neighborhood who see that home and say, I'm curious, now you capture their information. So that's an area, but then you're able to start sharing it to all the people who you know. You share it in your email, share it. And as you continue to share over and over and over again, if we just do it once, it's not that helpful. If it's a body of work over time, that's when you get to the point where people start realizing there's no oh, one wow. else. There's yeah. no one else. Like, okay, I could list with all these different people, but the only person who's going to position my house in this manner is... And if you look at any top agent, they all become known for something yeah. or a combination of some things. So what is it you're going to be known for? Maybe it's listing videos. Maybe it's some other way to be known that shows the degree to which you'll go to serve the customer's right. needs versus somebody else. All right, how about you? What do you got for us? Okay, so I'm gonna go a little bit different. You gave, a, you gave a tactic, right? And I would actually start by defining who you are, meaning what do I do 
around every single listing, mm-hmm. right? So I have a, a standard. How many doors do I knock? How many calls do I make? How many emails do I send? What videos do I do? So it starts by like, what is that? And you got to remember, most of us are super guilty. We were doing video, but we were not doing the full listing launch. We didn't have time to. And quite honestly, the homes were selling so fast that right. we couldn't even roll out the whole listing I, before it was under I remember. So, I remember doing a post that said, when the market speeds up, your marketing speeds up. I remember it. 30-day marketing plan to three-day marketing plan. That's right. <laughs> so we got to remember, let's, let's think about how did we used to sell homes when they sat on the markets for 30, 60, 90 days, right? Like, what were the strategies that we use and what is that 90-day marketing plan? But then I would also really consider the SOP, right? So it gets done so every single So standard operating time. procedure. Yep. Yep. So what is that process that gets done every single time? And then I would say, like, if you don't have the listing, there's always something you can do around someone else's Absolutely. listing, right? Hmm. So someone says, well, I only want to work in this area. I said, okay, well, you know, you don't have a listing. Is there one? Yeah, okay. So what can you do around that listing? Don't be defined by, I can't get an open house and I don't have any listings, right? If you want to attract listings, what can you do around the other listings that are there? There's always a way to get in. You just have to be willing to put in the work. And in this market, the it's, hard to say because nobody wants to hear it it's just going to take more effort and more consistency so you started the conversation huh funny it's like we came full circle well so and even with that could you then door knock 100 homes saying here's how the sale of this home that's listed might impact the value of your home would you like to go any deeper on that isn't it funny how and this is just my own brain there's always this division between, oh, there's marketing and there's sales. And too many folks don't see that they go sales and marketing. They go together. And the whole point of your marketing is to tee up the sale to, it's like set the ball, spike the ball. And that's the combination of some of these more prospecting based activities like circle prospecting, like door knocking. But it goes hand in glove. But what you said is true. You're gonna just have to be prepared to do more work. There is a sense of diminishing returns right now in the marketplace, but guess what? This sounds this sounds harsh, and so hear me with love. We all know the stat. 87% of agents fail in the first two years. It's just the stat. So how do you become part of the 13%? Your willingness, your attitude to hustle and go deep and not give up. Why do agents fail? I would argue a lot of agents fail because they dabble. Mm-hmm. Yes. They try something a little bit, and they're like, that's not producing a result. And it's not that it's not going to, it just didn't immediately. Use it as your playground, iterate, right? Like be quick to iterate. Every single time you do that door knocking session, every time you do that call session, what can I do different? What worked, what didn't work? Go back to the drawing board, stay super curious and, and stay on your toes with those scripts and those dialogues. Get really good at the soft skills right now because we are very relationship based. People really, they kind of see what's going out there. They're on pause, right? Think about yourself sitting at a 3.2% interest Mm -hmm. rate. I'd love to move, but I'm just going to wait it out because I'm not really sure what's going on. Wouldn't it be great if I had somebody, a knowledge broker, someone that wasn't just like, when are you going to sell? When are you going to sell? When are you going to sell? Right. Imagine if you got back to the fundamentals and you Mm -hmm. started calling or door knocking or weaving all these different things together. And as you got the rejections, you'd write those down Hmm. and you start to come up with ways to either handle those objections or even better combat them before they ever come up. Well, an objection is an objective in disguise. So determining, well, what is it they're seeking to achieve or 
like Phil Jones that you just talked about right there, the best way to handle an objection is to prevent it from ever occurring. Yep. My kid's martial arts instructor always says, what's the best block? And all the kids shout back, no block. In other words, move out of the way is like the it. idea. Like Same basic concept. You two have been a wealth of knowledge today, truly. Where can folks connect with you and learn more about you as a coach and you and as a business provider? At Christy Jenks on Instagram and ChristyJenks.com. And how about you, Jeff? At Jeff Bannon, that's B-A-N-N-A-N on Instagram. I love it. And how about you, Tom? <laughs> where, the, where can they connect with you? Oh, this episode has been epic. Y'all are y'all are rock stars. And everybody watching, you're rock stars because you're the ones who are here learning. What does it take to crush it in a changing marketplace? Most agents won't ask that question. They'll complain and they'll look for camaraderie from people who are sharing in a difficult, challenging time, but not you. You're the ones who say, I'm prepared to do whatever it takes to roll up my sleeves, show my grit, humble myself and do the work to go deep because I have a heart of service for my community and I'm in it to win it. I wanna know from you, what are you gonna do? What did you learn on the show today that you're gonna implement? We wanna hear from you in the comments and what did we miss? Let's get an epic thread going on of different listing hacks and strategies for all of us to win together because the more inventory we create, we all win Absolutely. together. So go get some listings and let's sell some houses and tune in next week for This Week in Marketing.